Ileana Stareva is Global Partner Program Manager at HubSpot. I consulted about 200, 250 agencies in my consultant years here at HubSpot. And the ones that really exceeded and kept on clients and renewed them year over year on their retainers were really the ones who had figured out measurement and then also reporting to the client. After several years working alongside PR agencies, it became obvious to her that there are big differences in the way that PR people and digital marketers approach marketing communications. Traditionally, PR people would really just focus on the storytelling piece. They they wouldn't necessarily study finance or they wouldn't necessarily start their own business. I think it's only you know the entrepreneurs who've started their own PR agencies who realise how important it is to go back to that whole business revenue conversation. With this in mind, she's developed a new model for public relations that fuses the best elements of PR with the goal-centred methodology of inbound marketing. Inbound PR seeks to gain public relations the seat at the strategy table it has long sought after. If the only thing you do is you try to help reputation, you just become the person who implements the work that the clients want you to do, but you're not necessarily a trusted advisor because you can't add that value to the larger business organisation and the larger business needs. On this week's show, Ileana talks about her new book and about what public relations agencies need to do to become that trusted advisor. This is Digital Download, a podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. Before we start talking about inbound and inbound PR, your new book, how does a Bulgarian end up working in Germany and the UK and then at HubSpot in Ireland? I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, that's a question that I get a lot, particularly when people try to place my accent. Yes. I, <laughs> When I finished high school, actually even before that, I decided that I wanted an international education. Unfortunately, I couldn't afford to study in the UK. So really what I did is I found a double degree in Germany, which allowed me to do both because I was a fluent German speaker at the time as well as English. Okay. So I moved to Germany. I studied international business. I was there for two years and then I moved to the UK for a year and a half. I studied at Plymouth and then I did some PR internships over there. That's sort of how I got to explore those two countries. I obviously had to return to Germany to finish my degree. I got a job there in a PR agency, stayed there. And HubSpot reached out. So HubSpot out of Dublin, they reached out on LinkedIn. Yeah. I started the conversation with them. Turned It turned out that it's just a fantastic opportunity for my career and decided to just pack my bags, come over here and start working for an American company. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> uh, how long have you been at HubSpot now? Two or three years? Three and a half. Cool. And it's all going well over there, I assume? It is indeed. Uh, I love being here. We move at a very fast pace. Just today, we're introducing a new product to our product line. There's never a dull moment here, honestly, never. (laughs) I get that impression looking from the outside, so (laughs) that doesn't surprise me. So congratulations on the new book. Do you want to tell me how that came about, how you came about actually writing the book in the first place? Sure, absolutely. So I've had a blog for about six and a half years, and I started it as an experiment. I wanted to improve my writing skills. I wanted to get to know people over the internet. I was really following the footsteps of people that I am inspired by. Brian Solis, I'm a big fan. Stephen Wannington as well, David Marmer Scott. So that's how my blog started. And I've always used it as a way to share everything that I am learning um, during my career, during university at the start and then during my career. So 
I've always been writing about PR and about social media. I wrote two dissertations about PR. And then when I joined HubSpot, I started exploring, obviously, about marketing and mastering that as a discipline. And then I found the link between PR and inbound marketing. I started writing about it on the blog. People started responding to it, finding it interesting as a concept, um, saying that it makes sense. I started being invited to do public speaking at different events across, particularly EMEA. I also spoke at a very large conference inbound in Boston a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I've known Stephen Waddington from Twitter. We had never met, but we've been following each other's work and blogs. And yeah. he came to Dublin, I believe, in October 2015. We met for the first time. We had dinner. And he, he really, as we were sitting there and as I was telling him more about inbound PR, he pretty much told me, you should write a book about this. And now is the time to do it. Sure. So he he was the initial motivator, so to say. I then sat down. It did take me a little while to obviously write the whole thing, but it did work out. I used a lot of what I already had from my content on my blog as the foundation for it. Yeah. And yeah. I pitched Wiley with a full manuscript. I told them, all my idols have published with you. I want to publish my book with you. And by the way, here's my 40,000 words. <laughs> That's unusual in itself, because if you read any anything about publishing, normally the advice is write the first couple of chapters or something, not the whole thing. So good for you. That it, That is true. Exactly. I didn't want to do it the orthodox way. I knew that I was going to publish the book anyway, working with Wiley or not. Yeah. So I just needed to sit down and actually have it done. And in all honesty, it took me about two months to write it yeah. because I had a lot and I found I found my own rhythm. So I'm an early morning person. So for me, it was really the way it worked. It, it was for me to set my own goal and pretty much say every day between six and seven, I'm going to write. Right. And I stuck with it. So that's what allowed me to finish it pretty quickly. Yeah, because two months is, is, is going some. So good for you. Thank you. What do you hope to achieve by writing and publishing this book? I think the book is just the next level of my blog. The goal with my blog has always been to share what I know with the rest of the world. And I think the book is going to allow me to expand that to a whole nother level. Okay. And really what I want to do there is help PR people and generally the PR industry see things from a slightly different perspective, yeah. taking in what inbound marketing does really well, which which really evolves around setting proper business goals and mm-hmm. then figuring out what the right tactics are to hit them, often aligning this with sales revenue and then really showing the ROI to clients. Yeah, absolutely. I think you agree with me. We've known that for PR, the biggest challenge has always been the measurement piece. Um, so building up that business acumen that email marketing allows you to have, you just see the PR work that you do and you approach it in a, in a different way. Okay. So when we talk about inbound marketing, there may be some people listening who are not quite sure what inbound marketing is or broadly what it refers to. Do you, do you just want to run over that? Yeah, sure. So inbound marketing as a philosophy talks a lot about the concept pull versus push. Yep. So traditionally, we've, we've, what companies have done is to push messages out there to consumers or buyers, often with either that direct mail, direct email, advertising, and so on. So really, those tactics that interrupt your experience rather than enhance it. Mm-hmm. And with pull, the idea is that you create content that is relevant to your buyers or your consumers. You publish them on your own channels. You leverage different channels and you, you'll get people to come to you 
because your content is relevant and pretty much built and created for them. That's how the whole inbound philosophy started back in the day around 10, 11 years ago. And then we put a methodology within it, um, which we call the inbound methodology. It has four stages, attract, convert, close, and delight. Mm-hmm. And each of those stages uses different tactics to hit their own goals. And and the idea there is really that through the relevant content that you're you're bringing the right potential customers to you and you're converting them into leads so that you can nurture them and eventually close them as customers. Yeah, and and what you talk about there in terms of good content and and value, adding value, is something that is talked about a lot, certainly stems through this podcast really, right through all of the episodes that I've done so far and all of the episodes that we'll do in the future. Creating that valuable content is is such a better way of marketing yourselves now than just, like you say, trying to interrupt people in places where, to be honest, they don't want to be interrupted anymore because advertising as an industry is waning in in terms of its influence, I think. Absolutely. And I think this is where PR people can add tremendous value because PR people at heart are content creators and storytellers. They take a tiny news bit and turn it into something much, much bigger. And this is where PR can stand out among all the other disciplines. What I've seen from my work at HubSpot, email marketing agencies typically struggle with the content creation bit. Because it is consuming and it is hard to define the right personas, we call buyer personas, um, yeah. those profiles of your ideal um, customers that you want to reach. And then obviously create the, co- the right content for them. So a lot of the inbound marketing agencies that I used to manage as a consultant in my previous role at HubSpot would have a tremendous challenge there and would normally either hire PR people or journalists to create content for customers. Yeah, the whole storytelling thing, and again, really important we talked about podcasting on another episode in this podcast itself and i I made the same point that pr people and comms people are in the perfect position to use a content format like podcasting because we do understand storytelling we do understand how to tell stories and therefore we can add value to that sort of communications that that perhaps like you say others can't at the moment yeah exactly when it comes to inbound PR then, so taking a step on from inbound marketing and your concept of inbound PR, so how does that differ from, does it differ from inbound marketing? How have you moved that conversation on to apply specifically to the PR industry? Inbound PR takes a lot of the good things that inbound marketing does and then also leverages the strengths that PR in itself has. But for an agency, for example, that does the full suite of services, PR, marketing, advertising, whatever there else, there wouldn't be really much difference. But for someone who comes from a PR background, for them, it would be almost like a mindset change in terms of how they're approaching the work that they're doing, because it all starts with the numbers in mind. That's what the inbound PR methodology preaches. You really need to plan how am I affecting the bottom line of the of my client or my company? Yeah. Only then can you slice and dice the inbound PR methodology, have your metrics for each of those stages that I mentioned earlier, track, close, convert, delight. Mm -hmm. And then based off of that, define the right tactics that are suitable for the persona that you're dealing with. In the book, I describe this whole concept of stakeholder personas. And this is what's very unique about PR, unlike any other industry that we have. PR deals with many stakeholders it could be potential buyers or consumers but we also know that pr does a lot of media relations so 
you do have the media persona there um, as one of your stakeholder personas. We also know that PR people are often responsible for internal communication. Yep. So you would have your IC persona there as well. And then investor relations and so on and so forth. So really the scope of personas that PR deals with is immense, but that that's also extremely valuable because only by really knowing those stakeholder personas can you create that value-adding content that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. It's interesting you talk about measurement and that really driving the whole approach of inbound because I was reading just today, actually, the 2018 PRCA census identified that 33%, so that's a third of all PR people, don't use any evaluation methodology, which absolutely blows my mind. I find that totally stunning. Does that surprise you, that that statistic? Honestly, it doesn't. And I think it comes back to... A lot of the background of the industry and how the industry itself developed and grew and, and grew over the years, but then also comes back to education. I think only now have we started adding more of the numbers talk and track uh, at university. Traditionally, PR people would really just focus on the storytelling piece. They they wouldn't necessarily study finance or they wouldn't necessarily start their own business. I think it's only you know the entrepreneurs who've started their own PR agencies who realize how important it is to go back to that whole business revenue conversation. Yeah. But for the majority of the people, they just don't have that thinking in their heads that we need to nurture. Yeah. And is that the mindset change piece that you mentioned before? I mean, is it literally starting to think more like a business person than a PR person? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And I've seen that a lot with the agency that I've worked with. I consulted about 200, 250 agencies in my consultant years here at HubSpot and the ones that really exceeded and kept on clients and renewed them year over year on their retainers were really the ones who had figured out measurement and then also reporting to the client so really they were measuring the right numbers and the right data and they were putting it in front of the right decision makers at the company okay otherwise a lot of a lot of agencies got fired like even there was a a couple of days ago, someone wrote a review on Amazon.com for my book and was talking about how a few years ago he fired his the PR agency he had hired because they couldn't clearly show him how they were helping his bottom line. Yeah, which isn't an uncommon story, let's face it. When, when you say about the right numbers, measuring the right numbers, what sort of things are you referring to? So I refer in the book and I talk a lot about sales revenue because if you talk to a CEO of a company, that's what they will be interested in. And I'm a firm believer that PR can and should affect sales revenue. Through valuable content, PR can help generate leads, be those consumers, be those better contacts to the media and so on to drive more coverage out there. And then also all the collateral that peer people create, all that storytelling because then can then be used by the sales organization, the salespeople um, in a company to continue engaging and nurturing with prospects. You now, Richard Bailey, he reviewed recently the book and put the review on PR Place. He did make a valuable point that in my book, I don't necessarily talk about how PR affects and how we should measure change in behavior on um, reputation and so on and so forth, which I, I, I do agree that extremely important But in my dealings with a lot of businesses and business owners, they might care about reputation, but they do want to see the hard facts and hard numbers. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I mean, I've before setting up independently, I worked agency side for the best part of 10 years. And my impression is that 
a lot of agencies and agency people fall back on the we're enhancing a reputation argument almost as an excuse for not being able to do the hard measurement. Now, I know that's a bit controversial to say, and I I agree that there is absolutely value in improving reputations and reputation management. But I agree with you that if you cannot make a case for that actually impacting the bottom line, then it's difficult to prove real value, I think. Absolutely. And I think also that weave us into the conversation of PR as a management discipline. That's been a debate going on for years and years. And PR believes that PR should have a seat at the management table. But if PR can't talk that track, that business revenue track, how would you deserve it there? And at the same time, if the only thing you do is you try to help reputation, typically what happens, and that's from my experience working in PR agencies, you just become the person or the people who implement the work that the clients want you to do or your boss wants you to do, but you're not necessarily a trusted advisor because you can't add that value to the larger business organization and, and the larger business needs. Absolutely. Sarah Hall, the, the president of the CIPR, will be delighted to hear you pushing this agenda, believe me. It's big on her agenda this year. So going back to inbound PR as a concept. So like you say, you'd worked in inbound marketing and you forged a link between inbound marketing and PR. Where did that initial thinking, that concept come from? It came from my blog when I was really thinking and researching uh, about the topics. I was just comparing the work that I used to do for my clients at my previous agency before joining HubSpot and then what I started advising the agencies that was consulting when I joined HubSpot. So it was almost comparing how a PR agency functions versus how an inbound marketing agency functions and the value that they provide and how they provide it. And that's when I noticed the link when I saw, oh, my inbound marketing agencies, they were really struggling with the content creation and storytelling piece. They were really good with the hard data and the numbers, right? Like that, that's just the yeah. way they think. Because traditionally, a lot of these agencies would come from a web development or web design or so background as well, versus the PR agencies that I used to work with and those that I was consulting because we have PR agencies as our partners at HubSpot as well. Mm-hmm. For them, it was really hard to grasp this, the whole inbound marketing methodology where, okay, you start with your general business goals and then you break that down into smaller measurement pieces and only then do you plan your tactics and the content that you create yeah okay how does inbound pr as a as a methodology fit with models like for example Ginny dietrich's peso model do they blend together could, could you use them all together 100 percent. you can totally use them all together and in fairness Ginny and her work has always been an inspiration for me I think she is doing inbound pr she may not be calling it inbound pr but it does follow the principles and you see oftentimes when she writes on her blog, she does use more email marketing lingo, like generating leads uh, and yeah. PR should yeah. be helping uh, generate sales and so on and yeah. so forth. There's a big piece with it in a few of the chapters in the book itself, talking about measurement for each of the um, the steps there for paid earned, shared and owned, then for content creation, using them as well. So with this model, how do you actually use it in practice? What are the basics of putting inbound PR into action for an agency? I typically say that there are eight things that you need to do there. Number one, obviously, you need to define the goals uh, and really those goals that are 
very much company bottom line driven. Yeah. And then based off of that, you see, you know, what is the impact that PR is now going to do? Then you need to decide who are we doing this? Who do we need to generate this impact for or from whom? So which is the persona that you're targeting right now? Are you going to deal with your buyer persona or your ideal client? Or are you going to run a campaign for your media persona, for example? So you need to make that decision. Who is the persona that I'm dealing with? And then you need to go through a bit of an exercise in researching and identifying who they are, how do they like to be reached, what type of content do they like to consume, where do they like to consume it, generally what are the problems that they have, the challenges that they have, and how how are you able to solve them. Yeah. Once you have a great, a good visual of who these people are, who this persona is, then you go on to the next step, which is really to define their decision-making journey. So if it's a buyer, then you really want to know what does their research process look like until they actually go ahead and decide that they want to buy from you or generally work with you. Um, we know that a lot of people now research online, so they, they don't need to speak to salespeople or anything like that. They will search on Google um, to define their problems a little bit better and to search for potential solutions the decision-making journey has three stages, awareness, consideration, and decision. So really that's yeah. what you're trying to define there and figure out how are these people going to come to my business and decide to work with me? What is the type of content that I need to deliver them at the right time on the right network so that I am part of their decision-making journey? And this is a very, very much a strategic process that a lot of people do wrong. They simply rely on assumptions instead of going out and really researching their buyer personas or media personas or whatever type of stakeholder persona. Mm -hmm. I always recommend that companies should be doing surveys, doing focus group, like really sitting with those people and asking them questions about how they like to work with you or learn from you, like really what's in it for them. I think we often stick to our own perspective rather than the ones of the people that we're trying to reach. Sure, sure. And once you have these things defined, then it's very easy for you to create a content plan, start creating the content, putting it out there, generating leads, nurturing those leads. And then obviously, as you do that, all of that, you you will have had your goals in mind at the first stage. So at the end, you will be measuring and reverting back to those goals to see how you're tracking to decide if you need to uh, change certain tactics, if they're not working and so on. Okay. It's interesting because a year or two back, I kind of developed an evaluation model, which I never had a good name for. <laughs> it was called the, the 4R model of measurement, which referred basically to reach, response, resonance, mm-hmm. and return, intended to measure, help measure social media, really. And I always made the point when I was presenting this to people that we tend to measure things like reach first. How many mm-hmm. people do we get in front of? And very rarely do we get up the other end of the scale of looking at actually what the return of things is. Whereas your methodology, which is exactly the same as I was saying at the time, is to turn that completely on its head and start building out from the return first and build backwards, which is something that I don't see from a lot of agencies, if I'm really honest. There's a lot more strategy, a lot more strategic planning in what you're saying. Yes. And again, like I said, I don't see that with a lot of the agencies that I come across. For what it's worth, I completely agree with this. I think it's it's a fantastic methodology that people should be investigating and trying to implement. Do you think it is a big jump for a lot of agencies to move from the way they're working now 
to this new way of working? I would say for the agencies who are still trying to stay focused on, as we said earlier, we are the reputation agency or we are only the media relationship agency and so on. For them, it would be really difficult to make the jump. But I... And then if they don't have demanding clients, then they would stay to the, you know, stick to the status quo. But I do believe that with time and time, clients will become even more and more demanding and will expect that return out of agencies. And the agencies who want to run a sustainable growing business will have to move to a model like this that digs into the bottom line. Yeah, I agree. Here's a question for you. Do you think there is a future for agencies who still are in that reputation management media relations mindset that would honestly depend on the client market so if there are clients who really just want to use their agency for something like this and are not bothered by the sales revenue numbers because say for example they have a very strong sales engine probably they would still be market but over time i think with the expansion of social media where people are becoming so much more vocal and you really don't have complete ownership over your reputation, it is going to become harder for those agencies to stay afloat. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Okay, well, we're about out of time. So look, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I really appreciate you giving me some of your time to look over this. Where can people find you online if they want to find out more? So um, pretty much everywhere online. I have my blog, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is my name, www.ilianastariva.com. And then I am on Twitter, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with people everywhere. Please do reach out, shoot me tweet messages, email me. I'm here to help. If if there are PR people or PR agencies ready to transform, I'd like to be part of that journey and help in whatever way I can. Lovely. Thank you. And I encourage everyone listening to go out and find the book, which is called Inbound PR, because like I say, it, it outlines a very different approach to PR. And I think it's going to be really useful. So thank you again for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. It was absolutely my pleasure. If you've enjoyed today's show, you should check out Digital Download Live, the interactive digital marketing conference for PR, comms and digital media professionals. We'll be covering many of the topics addressed in this podcast, including developments in influencer marketing, artificial intelligence, Facebook marketing, messaging and voice recognition. You can find more information and book tickets at digitaldownload.training. And you can contact me on Twitter where I'm at the Paul Sutton or by email at paul at paulsutton.co. Thanks for listening.